The Sons of Liberty is a politically neutral organization. We believe that the Judeo-Christian ethic has provided the principles upon which this nation was founded. It is our belief that these principles provide not only the foundation and framework for American government and society, but are also essential to the maintenance of a fair and just society. All program content is based on a Christian biblical worldview. One of you said to me recently that we shouldn't rock the boat. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I want to tell you that I am a boat Welcome Christians, conservatives, constitutionalists, liberals, libertarians, communists, Islamists, LGBTQ, RSTUV, WXYZ people, and anybody else I may have missed to the Sons of Liberty radio show here on Red State Talk Radio. I'm your host, Tim Brown, coming to you live from the U.S. occupied state of South Carolina and the editor at SonsOfLibertyMedia.com. And for Muslim friends, I'm the infidel that Allah warns you about. I hold to the book, the Bible, as the authoritative word of God. Glad that you guys have joined us this morning here on Saturday. Now, <clears throat> normally we have a health and wellness show. <laughs> which is sort of crossed the line between health and wellness and some political things that are going on in the UK. And I'm going to get to that in a moment and tell you why we're not going to cover that today, okay? And I'm going to give you an update as well. If you'd like to check us out online, please go to sonsoflibertyradio.com or sonsoflibertymedia.com. In fact, if you want to watch the video portion of the radio show, you guys listening out there at Red State Talk Radio, head over to sonsoflibertymedia.com. Scroll down right there on the right, and you'll be able to catch the show there. That's right. You can see the face is made for radio. You can also head over to my Twitter account at FPPTim. It's streaming live there. Periscope is setting brush fires. Twitch is also setting brush fires. Then our Facebook page, we're streaming there, Bradley Dean SOL. Our YouTube channel is B Dean Sons of Liberty. I don't think that's getting out on Sons of Liberty just yet. That ban is supposed to come up, come off today, and it's probably going to be. I'm hoping that it comes off so that Bradley goes live there, but we'll see. Um, B. Dean, Sons of Liberty, that's our YouTube channel. We're also broadcasting this morning on YouTube at Setting Rush Fires. It's sort of the backup. Uh, Beforeitsnews.com, we're also there, front page. And also DLive.tv at The Sons of Liberty. We appreciate our new friends at DLive. Uh, very much as well. And then if you want to catch our articles, Spreely Gab, MeWe Minds, and USA.life, Sons of Liberty or Sons of Liberty Media, if you want to call in anytime, happy to take your call, uh, 215-TOP-TALK. Agree or disagree? Um, we'll have a conversation with one another. Uh, 215-TOP-TALK, 215-867-8255. Now let me give you a little update here because my co-host on, on Saturdays is usually uh, Kate Shimarani. And for those of you who... Watched last week. We covered uh, about four hours right there from Trafalgar Square. And I may cover something today because they're supposed to have another event today. Um, it isn't Kate and the people that were, you know, whoever was organizing things over there the past two times at Trafalgar Square. But um, some other activists uh, who apparently have beat the street a lot longer than, than Kate and her friends, obviously. And um, they're the ones who really paved the way for um, the rallies that were there the past couple of weeks or the pa over the past month. Let me put it that way. 
<clears throat> they've been warning about 5G. They've been doing all these things, and they've, they're noticed there in the community. I don't know the people, but I've seen some of the videos. I've seen some of the people, and um, I want to I support them as well as they go out and they communicate to the people. So I'm going to try to find that, and we may start a separate stream, okay, because that's really not what this one's going to be about. I, I got word yesterday that Kate was uh, out, that she was a jailbird, <laughs> and she is now a, a I guess, a felon. She, well, she's an accused felon. Let me put it that way. She's not a convicted. Um, she seemed to be in spirits, but I got the message this morning that uh, they have apparently just done a number on her. Bank cards don't work. Um, she's got a plethora of problems. They still have her computer and her phone. And um, so we had planned on joining via Zoom, uh, via another device, which I'm not going to name. And, um, but yeah, she's just having a lot of problems since they, the arrest. Now, she was in for a while, and... Um, well, she's not free just yet, Matthew. They're, they are looking to charge her with some pretty serious charges in the U.K., and that's according to Mark Steele. And um, my guess is is that uh, the barrister, solicitor, whatever, they call them different names over there, um, who is representing her is going to be, he's basically said that this is a PR arrest. This is not... Uh, they're they're trying to make an example of her. They want to scare people from attending today, okay? Um, and it, I, again, I, I got to tell you folks over there in the UK, if you're listening in the UK, you guys have to go to these events. This tactic of trying to scare you, bringing out hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of cops, okay, running like they're the Roman legion to attack peaceful protesters, uh, I could show you this video. I, I mean, it's absolutely incredible, the insanity. In fact, I may show it to you later if we have time. I doubt we're going to have time, though. Of what went on in a park and the beating of a woman by these Masonic colored hat cops because they weren't practicing social distancing. They didn't have masks on. You better wake up to what's going on over there. And I listened to a young lady um, yesterday, and I, I really think that her and Kate need to be reconciled. I think they need to have a conversation, a cup of tea, cup of coffee, whatever they do over there, you know, a brunch or something. And they need to be reconciled together because I think there's misunderstandings. I think they get off on the wrong foot. And you guys have to be together. You can't be opposed to one another because of different personalities and things like this. You've got to be together. Because they're coming after you. And make no mistake about it. When they come after you, it's, it's going to be the police who do their bidding. The guys who are roughshodding over the law, implementing their own thought processes. And we're going to talk about that in just a moment, okay? Because we're talking about a new Supreme Court justice. And by the way, this is not the first time. Trump is not going to do something first by having, you know, three nominees or three justices appointed, you know, during his thing. I mean, we got Franklin Delano Roosevelt. He, he appointed almost an entire court during his time and within a, a, like a six-year period. We're going to look at some of that. And I'm going to ask you the question. Does the belief system of a Supreme Court justice matter? 
In other words, does their faith matter? If they're, if they're Christian, does it matter if they're Catholic? Does it matter if they're an Islamist? Does it matter if they're a human um, secularist? Does it matter if they're a self-professed atheist? We know there is no such thing. The Bible tells us in Romans 1, all men know there is a God. They just refuse to honor him as God. They suppress the truth and unrighteousness. Truth is a worldview, by the way. It's a person called the Lord Jesus. John said he is the Word. The Word word was with God, and the Word was God, and it became flesh. And that word there is logos. It should have been translated the Word. Logic. That's what that word, that's where we get our word logic from. That's what it should have been translated as. Logic is God. And I'm not saying logic in that. I'm, God is a person. He actually is three persons in one Godhead. But if you don't think logically, you're not going to follow after the thoughts of God. You're just not going to follow that. And that's why we need to be corrected, including myself at times, where we're, at, where we're thinking illogically. Okay. Now, with that said, here's what I want to do. I, we're, I guess today, President Trump has said he's going to announce another Supreme Court nominee. Uh, many people believe it's going to be the lady he was looking at before, uh, Amy Coney, Coney Barrett. And um, I'm, I'm going to play you a couple of videos. I... There was the one I was looking for because I saw it the other day. It's the one where Feinstein says that the dogma lives in you and all this stuff. Uh, (laughs) What's funny is, uh, doesn't the First Amendment say something about Congress not making law? So why are they applying a religious test oath? Um, What is that, Article 6? And they're doing it right in your face, America. And by the way, the Constitution is to apply to them. Okay, and, and by the way, let me just make this clear. There were religious testos in the states when they were first formed. They were very simple. You had to be a Christian to hold office. You didn't have to be a Christian to live in the area. You had to, have, you had to be a Christian to hold office. And here's the thing. Yeah, I know, Lori. <laughs> you had to be a Christian to hold office. Okay. But you didn't have to be an Episcopalian. You didn't have to be a Presbyterian. You didn't have to be a Baptist. You didn't have to be a um, name your denomination. Okay? What you had to do is you had to hold to two simple things. One, you had to acknowledge that the scriptures of the Old and New Testament were the Word of God and are the Word of God. Okay? And the other was basically your affirmation of the Trinity, of the deity of Christ, that He's the Savior of all men. That's it. You didn't have to throw out your eschatology, your uh, whether or not you were reformed soteriology, you know, had a soteriology that was reformed or not. You didn't have to determine whether you believed in tongues or miracles or uh, what your your church government you believed in or any of that stuff. You had to affirm basic things that are akin to Christianity. And so, with that. I want to I want to kind of go through some history here because everybody goes, oh, we've got to have a, a Republican president, and Republican is identified with conservative, even though they haven't really conserved anything. Okay, gonna just give you give you an idea of that as we look through some of the presidents and some of the justices here and see whether or not a belief system 
we should look at the person's belief system or not. Okay. All right. So let's take a look at Supreme Court justices. Now, here's what I want to do. I just want to have a benchmark because Roe v. Wade is a was a big ruling. But again, I want to apply some. I want to. I want to remind people of something. It is not as Donald Trump has said, nor half the people that get on television shows and talk about it. It is not the law of the land. The courts are not given the authority to legislate. They are to read the law. They are to interpret the law correctly, I might add. And then they are to rule on it. They're not to interpret precedent. And we're going to see that in just a minute too. Okay? They are to interpret the law. Now, let me give you an instance of what I'm saying there before I get into the names here and the presidents who appointed them. Do you guys remember just a couple of years ago, I think it was during the Obama administration, the usurper, there was a ruling by the Supreme Court in favor of Hobby Lobby. Do you remember that? Did any of you read the ruling? Because if you read the ruling, here's what you would find out. You would have this uh, patronizing comment toward the First Amendment without explaining it, without going to the Federalist Papers to see how the Founding Fathers saw what was there and the protections they were giving under the First Amendment. Do you know what they ruled that on? Do you remember what they ruled in favor of Hobby Lobby on? It wasn't the Constitution, whether it was constitutional or not. They ruled it on a 1993 law written by, or not written by, signed by Bill Clinton. Mm-hmm. That's what they ruled it on, whether it was constitutional or not. Now, I want you to follow me here. If you're a Christian and you go, is something biblical, am I going to go, hmm, let me see if something's biblical. What I want to do is I want to read Homer's Odyssey to determine whether or not something is biblical. I want to read a pseudopigraphal book to determine whether something is biblical. I want to read the Bhagavad Gita or the Quran to determine whether something is biblical. Does that make sense to you? Or do you go to the Bible to see if something's biblical? Well, you would go to the Bible. So to determine whether something's constitutional, why would you jump 200 years into the future about a piece of legislation Bill Clinton signed to determine whether something was constitutional? Because you're not being constitutional. (laughs) This is our Supreme Court. And listen to me, conservatives. Listen to me. I'm telling you right now. I'm not questioning a lot of conservatives as to whether they're conservative in their personal life. They might be. I don't know. But I can tell you this. The rhetoric that comes to you from the media, doesn't matter if it's Fox News or whoever it is, Rush Limbaugh or any of those people, they'll tell you what they think in their minds, what they say they believe. But when it comes to applying that, they're MIA. Okay? Now let me give you let me give you some for instances here. Let's look at some of the Supreme Court justices. This comes right out of the SupremeCourt.gov. I'm not making stuff up. I'll have these links so you guys can check it out yourself. Um, John Roberts. Who was he appointed by? A Democrat? No, he was reported he, he was um, appointed by George W. Bush. 
And I know after the fact, everybody's going, oh, well, George W. Bush was New World Order. Okay, why weren't you people screaming that stuff when he was president? When he was calling all religions and calling, and calling on them to call on all of their gods after 9-11. While he was signing the Patriot Act and infringing upon your liberties, why were you not calling him out on that? I was. And I wasn't even writing at the time. But I was like, boy, you're calling on God to bless America and you're saying, hey, Islamists, cultists, uh, whoever, come here and pray with us. Call out to your gods and let's ask gods to bless us. Well, that's the sure way to get God's cursing on you, folks. Okay? But here's, here's John Roberts. Now, you may remember that name for what? What do you remember John Roberts for? He was the alleged conservative. He's a Supreme Court justice. Now he filled in for, or he took the place of William Rehnquist. And so the question that I have for you is this. What was John Roberts instrumental in? That's right. The implementation and the uh, validation of Obamacare. You remember that? You remember that? Here's the thing. Exactly right, Matthew. And I'm going to get to this in a minute. Matthew says you read Scripture and you should be looking at the Constitution. Okay? Your worldview does matter. I'm just going to let you know. Now, excuse me. Sorry, I got something in my throat there. Okay, let's look at the other justices on the, uh, the Supreme Court. And again, I want to take a benchmark of around 1970, simply because what we're dealing with, you know, everybody makes Roe v. Wade the issue. Remember, they made Roe v. Wade the issue with Gorsuch, and they made Roe v. Wade the issue with Kavanaugh. And Kavanaugh's first thing that he gets, was it Kavanaugh or was it Gorsuch? It's, there's so much that goes on in my mind. Uh, forgive me if I apply it to the one guy when I shouldn't, and, and I apologize for that. But it was one of the guys that got on, First thing they got was a a case dealing with Planned Parenthood, and they said, "Oh, I, I don't want to, I don't want to rule on this." And by the way, the Supreme Court's only rule, supposed to rule about four different things. We've got an article on this too: the enumerated powers of the judicial branch. Okay. Yeah, he he said it was a tax. That's exactly right, Georgia. Thank you very much. All right, so let's look at a couple of these guys. Okay. And I'm going to use like 1970, because we could go back all the way to the top, and you can, you can look at these names here if you want to do that uh, at supremecourt.gov. Let's look at a few names, and let's pick out who we're, who we're dealing with here. All right, so um, we go back to, uh, I don't know, um, trying to get where, we're, where I was with the, with the dating. Okay, so we've got... Okay, Johnson, Lyndon Johnson, would fall within this, um, I guess, precedent, if you will, of presidents appointing Supreme Court judges that were acting as Supreme Court judges. Actually, it's not. Wow. Okay, I've missed some because of the difference of, t- of time here. So I'm going to have to go back a little bit, okay? So, yep, I had I had looked at this. I had to do it quick on the fly this morning due to the issues with, with Kate not being able to join us this morning. All right, so let's take um, Eisenhower because he had Supreme Court justices that were in the Supreme Court, okay? 
1970 or beyond. Okay, so let's take this. Eisenhower appointed John Marshall Harlan. Now, he served from March 28, 1955 to September 23, 1971. Eisenhower, he appointed like four Supreme Court justices. Okay. He also appointed William Brennan, who served from October the 16th, 1956 to July the 20th, 1990. He also appointed Charles Evans Whitaker, March 27th, 1957 through March the 31st, 1962. So he was off of the Supreme Court long before uh, Roe v. Wade. Okay. So, but he was appointed by Eisenhower. Okay. Then we have um, Eisenhower appointing Potter Stewart, who served from October the 14th, 1958 through July the 3rd, 1981. Then we have a a few Democrat appointments, okay? We have Kennedy appointing Byron Raymond White, who served through 1993. I'm going to shorten this a little bit so that we don't get bogged down in the minutiae here. Kennedy also appointed Arthur Joseph Goldberg, who served through 1965, so that's prior to that. So we've got two Supreme Court justices who are off of there, uh, one by a Republican, one by a Democrat, and we've got uh, off the off the Supreme Court who are, who are off of that before... Roe v. Wade is given because that's what they want to make this all about is Roe v. Wade. Okay. That's what they want to make it all about. All right. So we have Lyndon Johnson who also appoints Abe Fortas and Abe is off in 1969. So he's off before Roe v. Wade. And then we have him appointing Thurgood Marshall who's off the court in 1991. So he would, he would apply in this 1970 and beyond kind of deal. Okay. So we've got, uh, we've got some, uh, quote unquote conservatives and we've got some quote unquote liberals. Okay. Yes. Kate is okay. Kim. Um, she's just not able to be joining with us today. All right. So then we've got Nixon, Nixon appoints. And again, Nixon is a Republican. Um, and usually this is the way it works, folks. Uh, Republicans are quote unquote conservative. Dem- Democrats are liberals. I mean, and that you've got that. You know who who's really brought you that? Rush Limbaugh's brought you that. Okay, and yes, I agree. Most Democrats, the majority of them, are socialist communists. They are. But on the other side of the aisle, you have the rhinos, which are largely fascists. Okay, controlled by big corporations. In the name of capitalism, but it's really crony capitalism. It's not really capitalism. Okay. All right. So Nixon appoints uh, three judges. They've served till 1994, 1987, and 1986. You can see that, those of you who are watching via video. Then we have Gerald Ford, again, Republican. He appoints John Paul Stevens. I'm glad that guy is no longer around to deal with this either 2010 because he wanted to abolish the second amendment. I mean, talk about your worldview determining whether or not you look at law. I bet Feinstein wasn't questioning any of that. We're going to see her in just a moment. Then we have Reagan. He appoints three Supreme court justices, Sandra Day O'Connor, Antonin Scalia and Anthony Kennedy. Okay. Who uh, I believe he just retired. O'Connor served through 2006, Scalia till his death in 2016, Anthony Kennedy to 2018. 
Then we have George H.W. Bush appointing two Supreme Court justices, David Soder, his ended in 2009, and then Clarence Thomas, which was actually a decent pick. I think Clarence Thomas is actually a good judge. Okay? Then we have Bill Clinton, and he put in Ruth Bader Ginsburg, who just passed away. Uh, They don't even have that she's out yet listed on the SupremeCourt.gov site. That's pretty incredible. And then he also put in Stephen Breyer. He came in in 1994. Then we have George W. Bush, who had one appointment, Samuel Alito. He came in in 2006. Obama had two appointments, Sonia Sotomayor, which there's clearly that she is an activist judge. There's no question about that. And Elena Kagan, she wasn't even the judge. I mean, this woman had never judged a case a day in her life, yet she's on the Supreme Court. What? What in the world? She is accredited with querifying Harvard, if that tells you. And she came on right before the ruling on... The, it wasn't even a ruling on marriage. Let me just put it that way. It was a ruling on taxation. For those of you who read what was going on, the issue was, if I recall correctly, two women from Canada who had married, no such thing, okay, come to the United States. Then we get in this taxation issue. This is why I say we need to get rid of the, the tax process at all. We need to find another way around it. I think there is another way around it. And no, it's not what my friend says, which is fascism, of uh, starting you know, factories and prisons and having prisoners. Uh, work. I guess he would want Jesus to do that. I guess he would want the Apostle Paul to do that. He would want the disciples to be working in factories in order to make it biblical from his perspective. It's a twisted kind of thing, and I've corrected him on that many times. But here's Elena Kagan. She gets in. She's not even she's not even been a judge. Then we have Trump. And Trump has said, I'm getting conservative judges. I'm going to put conservative judges on there. And you're thinking we have to vote Trump in order to get conservative judges because this is so such a big deal. Now I'm going to make a point here in a minute. I'm going to show you exactly how you're being fooled in that. So Trump appointed Neil Gorsuch. We were told he was a conservative, this, that, and the other. What has he shown you that he is? Is he conservative? Does he uphold the law, really? Really? What about Brett Kavanaugh? And by the way, I, I defended Kavanaugh against the sexual allegation charge. I thought they were ridiculous, but I told people then, I said, don't get your eye off the ball here. They are playing WWE with you. Oh, it's all about he's pro-life, he's pro-life, he's pro-life, and this, that, and the other. Okay? Yeah, I, I dealt with John Roberts uh, earlier, Vonnie. He's pro-life, he's pro he's, he's going to be trouble for Roe v. Wade and this, that, and the other. And I defended him on the sexual allegations, okay? For sure. But I told people, I said, this is not about if you, not, if you confirm Kavanaugh, then you're letting the Democrats have this stuff. No, you, you say Kavanaugh... Uh, weren't you involved, and nobody asked him, weren't you involved in the cover-up of Vince Foster's death? Nobody ever asked that, did they? They didn't ask his, they didn't ask the fact that he he charged the guy with the very things that he was being charged with. He charged the guy of being out in the park there where Vince Foster was found with being there to meet a guy for a homosexual relationship. That's Brett Kavanaugh. 
He didn't have a problem pointing the finger at somebody else. But nobody brought that up, did they? And you all, you guys all know you can't believe the official story about Vince Foster's death. You just, I mean, come on. Come on. But he's sitting on your Supreme Court. And he's a conservative because Trumpy said so. Neil Gorsuch is a conservative because Trump said so. I don't want to ask you something. Since 1970, and Roe v. Wade comes out in what, 73? Since that time, you've had a majority of conservatives, quote-unquote, on the Supreme Court. In fact, it was a conservative, Republican-appointed, largely Republican-appointed Supreme Court that gave you Roe v. Wade, for those who did not know. That's what, that's what it did. Now, let's, let's look at one more thing here before I move on and play you some video and some audio so you guys at Red State Talk Radio, you can hear this too. All right, so let's look at who's been president since 1970, just prior to Roe v. Wade. Well, we've got Richard Nixon. He left in 1974. Gerald Ford, both of these guys Republicans, left in 1977. We've got Jimmy Carter. He's a Democrat. We've got Ronald Reagan. He's a Republican. We've got George H.W. Bush. He's a Republican. Bill Clinton. He's a Democrat. George W. Bush. He's a Republican. Barack Obama. He's a usurper. You can call him a Democrat if you want. He's a Marxist, but he's a usurper. I don't even call him a president. He just occupied the, the White House. And then you've got Donald Trump. He's a Republican. Now, who, which party has had control of the White House and the Supreme Court the most? Republicans or Republican appointees, quote unquote, conservatives. Look, I'm not making this stuff up. I'm showing you. Look at it. What have you got out of it, America? You've got more dead babies in the American Holocaust called abortion to soften the blow that it's not murder. Where they ripped their heads off, their limbs off, they burned them. And you think that's just fine because your team, your political jersey is quote unquote winning. What is, what do you, how do you define winning? I define it as upholding the law and bringing justice. So far, I ain't seen it. Ain't seen it. And Trump is going around telling you, oh, well, we've got to do this. We've got to do that. If we don't do this, we're not going to bring justice. You've got to vote for me again so I can bring Hillary, to, Hillary Clinton to justice. Well, I thought that was your promise in the first term, Mr. President. Okay. All right. So let me give you this. I want to play you a couple of clips of the lady that um, Mr. Trump is putting up. And I wish I'd have had more time because I really wanted to do this for a full show to especially to find the video I I found where she said, because I don't think it's in the videos I'm going to play you. Okay, I've got about seven or eight minutes of video that I want to play you just to where you hear her. And I just want to I want to bring your attention to a couple of things she says. Okay, And then I want to point back to our, our forefathers. The thing that she says that disturbs me is she says, I'm a faithful Catholic. She doesn't define what an Orthodox Catholic is because she's specifically asked by, um, was it Senator Durbin? And she thinks that, you know, Pope Francis is a good Catholic. Okay? I'm going to let her say it. Okay? That's what she thinks. But she says, her faith, her belief system, she doesn't use belief system, she doesn't, her Catholic faith has no bearing on whether or not how she judges and stuff. 
then why have that belief system? Because I can tell you this, a Christian, a true Christian, who looks at God's law as perfect and holy, as Paul says, even in the New Testament, it is to be upheld. Has to look at the law and say, okay, this is righteous, this is not righteous, this is unlawful, this is unlawful. They have to look at the Constitution and say, this is constitutional, this is not unconstitutional, or this is unconstitutional. I want you to pay attention real clearly to what Amy Coney Barrett says here. Now, this first one is uh, with Diane Feinstein. Now, the original video that I saw had <clears throat> Diane Feinstein making the statements, and then after that, Miss Barrett came in and said something about, I would uphold Supreme Court precedent. Is that what we want, upholding Supreme Court precedent? Or do we want her to uphold the Constitution? Because there is a difference here. Okay? There is a difference. All right. So here is Amy Coney Barrett. And we're going to hear what she has to say here. Uh, A long history um, of believing uh, that your religious uh, beliefs should prevent. But over time, we learn to also judge what they think and whether their thoughts enable them to be free to observe the law. So in spite of the fact that you had written in an earlier article that Catholic judges, and you would be a Catholic judge, uh, you would not recuse yourself from... All right, so let me make a comment right here. Uh, Diane Feinstein now finds herself in the position not of determining how Miss Barrett has judged, but about how she thinks. That she's the thought police. That's what she's telling you right there. Okay? That she's the thought police. Now, I do believe our thoughts come out in our words and our actions. But we're not to, I mean, they have no authority to be judging her, one, based on religious test oath, Article 6, right? That's not what they're to judge her on. They're to judge her on. Has she been a good judge or not? The second thing is, is that she brings up this issue um, that we're trying to determine that and whether or not you can you can be fair. That's that's troubling. This, that, and the other. All right, now we got this other chick on here, and uh, she's going to bring to bear some of this other Death stuff as well. Cases. Well, then let me pose uh, the question. Then if you were uh, not up for a circuit court, but in for a district court, would you recuse yourself as a Catholic judge from death penalty cases? Why is it that um, so many of us on this side have this very uncomfortable feeling? Because you're anti-constitutionalist and anti-Christians, Miss Feinstein. You know, dogma and law are two different things. And dogma is what Feinstein preaches on gun control. A by the is, way, it has its own dogma. The law is totally different. And I think in in your case, <laughs> okay. Let, let's let's just let's dogma and law are two different things. Wait a minute. Law says this is right, this is wrong, and when you violate the law, what happens? There's a punishment for it, right? That's not dogma. Is is Diane Feinstein following the law when she pushes gun control and bans on virtually every sem, semi-automatic weapon on the planet? Is she violating law or is she pushing dogma when she says, if I had the authority, if I had the votes, I'd say, Mr. and Mrs. America, turn them all in, talking about your guns. Is Diane Feinstein uh, talking out of both sides of her mouth? Uh, yeah, the Crypt Keeper is talking out of both sides of her mouth. Uh, professor, when you read your speeches, um, the conclusion one draws 
is that the dogma lives loudly within you. And so does it live in you, Miss Feinstein. That's of concern. The dark side is strong with her. That large numbers of people have fought for for years in this country. Absolutely, she. I want to I mean, ask you about something that yeah. happened this past week. A conservative group, in fact. Now, this is a little bit from Diane Feinstein. Okay. Being anti-Catholic because this is the clip that I have. Uh, you were questioning one of the president's judicial nominees, and you talked about the fact that dogma and law are two different things, but that dogma lives loud, loudly within you. Can you explain what what happened? Well, first of all, let me say this: I'm a product of Catholic education. Um, Which shows a real problem here. I sat in doctrine classes for four years, five days a week. Didn't learn a thing. I think Catholicism is a great religion. I have great respect for it. No, you don't. I've known uh, many of the uh, uh, archbishops that have been in my community. We've had dinner together. I wonder if those are involved in any pedophilia, any sodomy with little boys. To the church whenever I could. Having said that, uh, this is a woman that has no real trial or court experience. What? And therefore, there is no record. But you She's affirm- a professor, oh, okay. which is ah, fine. Where are but- we at? Okay. She has no none of this. I just told you, Elena Kagan didn't try a, didn't have a case a day in her life. What did Feinstein go with? Uh, Elena Kagan? Oh, she likes, because she likes men and men together and women and women together. And frankly, I'm just going to tell you my opinion. I think Elena Kagan looks like a man. I mean, not trying to bash on it. I'm just simply saying, I think this is part of what goes on here. And the hypocrisy here from Senator Dianne Feinstein is astounding. It's absolutely astounding here. All right, here we go. All we have to look at are her writings. And in her writings, she makes some statements which are questionable, which deserve questions. For example, and this is pretty much a a near quote, it may well be that a Catholic judge uh, cannot be independent. Um, uh, This is not a direct quote Mm -hmm. because I don't have it in front of me. But it was something to necessitate us to, I thought, appropriately ask about it. Okay, so I thought it appropriately to ask about it, yada, yada, yada. And, you know, Feinstein is trying to be, she's trying to sound thoughtful and and above it all in all of this, okay? And yet, what is Dianne Feinstein's record on a number of things? I mean, is she applying the Constitution to legislation that she pushes forward? No, she's not. Not at all. When she gets behind welfare, is she pushing the Constitution? No. Oh, the General Welfare Clause. Uh, well, go back and read the Founding Fathers on that in the Federalist Papers. You'll find out they weren't pushing anything about taking people, money from some people by the government and giving it to others who weren't doing anything. Sorry. This is hypocrisy at its, at, at its biggest. Okay, so here's another one. Uh, I believe this is from the same hearing, and I just want you to hear uh, what Who's on top of the, the exchange world? here. Sources tell this me is coming Amy out Coney of, uh, Barrett Fox, might be Fox on News top here. of the world today. We'll see. We shall see. The president is, as we mentioned, poised to make his announcement for a as a bitter confirmation battle is expected here. in the Senate. Lucas, good morning. 
Good morning, guys. Now, 27 years ago, Justice Ginsburg was confirmed 96 to 3 in the Senate. Okay, this, this is not where I really want to be. Is the appointment of just Supreme Court justices? That's the. Uh, this is probably pretty important. Let's listen to what Trump they say. Has the to say. biggest thing you can do is the appointment of judges, but especially the appointment of Supreme Court justices. That's the single biggest thing. No, let me let me put something into you. The single biggest thing the president can do is Article Two, Section Three. Make sure the laws are faithfully executed. The reason you continue to have Barack Obama, Eric Holder, Hillary Clinton, Loretta Lynch, and the host of them, James Comey, free and at large to write, speak, and challenge our government is because this guy has not done his job. His job is not the economy, people. I know some of you think that. It's not to create jobs because government doesn't create jobs. It's not all this fanfare and stuff that you see. It is to make sure the laws are faithfully executed. Article 2, Section 3, for those of you who claim you're constitutionalists, that's the job. That's the single biggest thing that a president can do. How's that happen? No, well, Tim, you don't know. Q has said, and we bow before Q, and we bow before Trump. If we just elect him to another term, he'll finish this. He'll do this. Well, wait a minute, folks. He promised you that when he was in there. In fact, I was listening to a talk show host uh, over here in Charlotte on WBT the other night, and he was just talking about how, how quick on his feet Trump was. And Trump is quick on his feet on a lot of things of you know good little shots and stuff, good little sound bites. He really is, okay? But this guy was talking about how you know he, he said this, and this resonated, and, and he was making these little comments, and I go, okay, so are we to determine that we make a good or bad judgment as to whether or not a man has done a good job by what he says or by what he does or doesn't do. And, and here's the thing. You people who want to get on uh, Sons of Liberty because you want to say, hey, why aren't you bringing up the good things? Okay, well, let, let, me, let me put something to you. I believe Trump has done some good things. I think he has restrained himself in the North Korea thing. There's no question about that. He's restrained himself in a lot of areas. He didn't restrain himself very well in Iran uh, or Syria. In fact, he's saying, oh, we're going to pull out, and then he leaves the troops in there to cover the oil fields. Oh, we're going to determine how the oil is going to be done. Okay? So we, we determine whether somebody's done a good job as to whether they're not leaving anything off from doing the job they were elected to do. All right? Here's a little bit more from uh, President Trump. President Trump. Because it sets the tone of the country for 40 years, 50 years. I mean, a long time. Yeah, a long time. President Trump first nominated the 48-year-old Louisiana native to the Seventh Circuit Court of Appeals in 2017. She was confirmed in the Senate 55 to 43, with Democratic Senators Tim Kaine and Joe Manchin voting for her. Barrett is a former clerk to the late Supreme Court Justice Antonin Scalia. She is a devout Catholic whose faith has been the target of some Democrats. Barrett took some heat about her Catholic faith from Senator Dianne Feinstein 33 years ago. Barrett can expect an even more opposition this time around because she's the first Supreme Court nominee since... Ginsburg was nominated nearly 30 years ago to tip the ideological scales of the court. If Barrett is confirmed, it would be six to three conservatives to liberals on All the right, court. Listen to that. Many That's... people saw Judge Barrett as a lock ah. for this nomination, just like your Denver Nuggets will. Sending back to you guys. <laughs> okay. Uh, did you did you hear the propaganda that was just put up? She's going to tip the scale from conserv- from liberal to conservative. 
You heard that, right? Again, who gave you Roe v. Wade? Was that a conservative or a liberal Supreme Court hmm? that you were told? Was that Republican or Democrat appointed? Hmm? Now, I've been fair in this. I called out Dianne Feinstein for her criminal activity. She doesn't hold to the law either. And this is what I keep telling people who tune into Sons of Liberty, who say, oh, you're liberals, you're commies, you're traitors, you're this, that, and the other, because we criticize the president over things he does. If the president is obeying the Constitution, there's nothing to criticize. He's just doing his job. Well done. It's when he doesn't do that and when he usurps that authority that he gets called out. And he got called out here recently on his executive order over the education issue. He has no authority over that. Congress has no authority over that. That's right. Conservatives gave you Roe v. Wade. It wasn't Democrats. It was conservatives. Alleged conservatives. I, let me put that. Alleged. Con- they claim they don't conserve a thing. And this is what we're facing here. Now, I, I wish I could pull up that video that I had of uh, Amy... Uh, Amy Coney Barrett. It's kind of funny. We're getting rid of Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Now we're getting Amy Coney Barrett. (laughs) Or at least that's what we're told that is going to be pushed forth. Because I want to play this video. And if I find it, I was looking for it this morning in in a hurry to kind of fill something here for the show. And I meant to save it. So it's in my history somewhere. I'll, I'll put it in the archives so you can hear it. And what she talks about is being a devout Catholic. Okay. And there is um, a back and forth between her and Senator Durbin, and where the, she says she believes that uh, Pope Francis is a good Catholic, and Durbin agrees. That should tell you something right there. And then she said, my, my faith has nothing to do, I would hold with Supreme Court precedents. Now, what does that tell you? Does it mean that she holds to the law? Or to Supreme Court precedents. Now I want you to think long and hard about that. Because Supreme Court precedents has been used to redefine marriage. It's been used to implement socialized medicine here in the United States. It's been used to murder the unborn in the womb to the tune of more than 60 million Americans. More than 18 states in our union. The population. Precedents is not the answer. It is the application of... Of the law. In fact, when you go in the Old Testament, you read case law, a lot of times that comes out of the fact where the law was not explicitly clear. And here's the here's the reality. The law is very clear in the Old Testament, isn't it? There's ten commandments. They're expounded upon in Leviticus and uh, Deuteronomy as to what they are with a just punishment as well. I might add. And it isn't a prison sentence, by the way, folks. It isn't a prison sentence. That is an unjust punishment, an unjust punishment put on by unjust judges and an unjust system that is strayed far away from its biblical roots. And I have no problem saying it when people tell me that their belief system doesn't impact how they judge. I just go, well, then what good is your belief system? Because you don't believe in anything. You're just going to go along with whatever precedence is. Uh, Josh, 
I know what precedence is and what's law. There's a difference between those two things. There is, Josh. And again, I, I would ask you, Josh, is Obamacare constitutional or not? If you say it's constitutional, I'm going to ask you, where did it start? They took a, a bill about cars. They shot it over into the uh, Senate. They gutted the whole thing. They stuffed in Obamacare, sent it back to the House. And this and That's not how it works under our Constitution. You're going to do taxes? Got to start there in the House. It's a shell game. So the problem is precedence is a ruling that changes something that has been established for a long time. Just like the ruling on the marriage issue. Marriage has been around since the beginning of time. God ordained it. He started with Adam and Eve. said, man's going to leave mother and father, cleave to his wife. He didn't say he's going to leave father and mother and cling to another man. Or the wife is going to take on another wife. He didn't say that. And it's been that way throughout cultures and throughout history. But the Supreme Court said a precedence, Josh, not law, because they don't have that authority. That's Congress's authority, and Congress doesn't have the authority to determine that either. We didn't give them that authority within the Constitution. Okay? Let me give you an example of what I'm talking about, about people who actually had a belief system, and they based their worldview... And the law on that. Here's one. Here's a founding. Here's really a a forefather, not a founding forefather, but a forefather, William Blackstone, in his commentaries. I'm going to give you an instance, just dealing with the issue of sodomy, because I've written on this, and this one was very familiar with me. In Blackstone's book, The Fourth of Public Wrongs of Offenses Against the Persons of Individuals. Here's what he said, Chapter 15. He writes on the following pages: 215, 216. He's writing about sodomy. Here's what he says. What has been here observed, which ought to be the more clear in proportion as the crime is the more detestable. He's talking about sodomy, folks. May be applied to another offense, a still deeper malignity, the infamous crime against nature. Committed either with man or beast. They would call that that with the beast buggery. Some of them would apply that to sodomy as well. But it is an offense of so dark a nature that the accusation should be clearly made out. I will not act so disagreeably part to my readers as well as myself as to dwell any longer upon the subject, the very mention of which is a disgrace to human nature, which America praises today, by the way. They glorify it. It will be more eligible to imitate in this respect the delicacy of our English law, which treats it in its very indictments as a crime not fit to be named. Not fit to be named. I'm sure Dianne Feinstein would just be, oh, Mr. Blackstone, I cannot believe the homophobia that you have, that you would impose your religious convictions along with the law in this. And he even says that horrible sin not to be named among Christians. He goes on a little further and he says, this, the voice of nature and of reason and the express law of God. See, they're not, they're not mutually exclusive. They work together because the creation, what we call nature, was created by God. So he's the God of creation. He's the God of nature. Determined to be capital 
of which we have a, sign- a signal instance long before the Jewish dispensation by the destruction of the two cities by fire from heaven, Sodom and Gomorrah, so that it is a universal, not merely a provincial precept, and our ancient law in some degree imitated this punishment by commanding such miscreants to be burnt to death, buried alive in some cases, hanging. Obviously in the Old Testament it was stoning. And just let me slide down here real quickly because we're running out of time. Leviticus 20.13 says, If a man also lie with mankind, and he, as he lieth with a woman, both of them have committed an abomination, they shall surely be put to death. You say, Tim, you just want blood on your hands. No, I don't want the people to do it. So I say, don't do it. It's unlawful. It's a capital crime that you're engaged in. Well, it's not a capital crime. Okay, New York. Here's the law in New York, set by our forefathers, who actually had a belief system in the religious foundation they, they had and they held to, and they were unashamed to point it out. That the detestable and abomination, abominable vice of buggery or sodomy shall be from henceforth adjudged a felony, and that every person be, being thereof convicted by verdict, confession, or outright uh, shall be hanged by the neck until he or she be dead. That's New York. See, they've left off justice. Connecticut, same thing. And they're quoting Leviticus. Georgia. Georgia put them at hard labor in a penitentiary during the natural life or lives of the person, person convicted in this detestable crime. I think that's an injustice, but they recognized it was a crime. It wasn't something to be put up. Maine, what do they have? They're serving hard labor 10 years. They still recognize it as a claim. I, I think it's an unjust punishment, an unjust punishment, but they recognize it as a crime. Pennsylvania. Same thing, labor, recognizing it as a crime. South Carolina, determined it as a, as a cause of death. I mean, as a capital punishment. Vermont, Bernie Sanders land, death penalty for engaging in this. Your founding fathers sometime later, Jefferson on sodomy, they pulled where I had his, had his uh, legislation he put up. He wanted to cut off their genitals. I'm not for that. I think that's unjust as well. But the point I'm making to you is this. When you're presented with this stuff, and you're told conservative, liberal, all this other stuff, remember the history of who gave you Roe v. Wade. It wasn't Democrats. It wasn't liberals. It was a conservative Supreme Court. Don't fall into the trap they're setting for you. If a person says, I'm a faithful Catholic, whatever that means, because she doesn't even determine it, you would think they would want to uphold the law, and then they say, that has no bearing on how I view the law. They are lying to you. They're lying to you. You can't do the two. You can't separate them out. You guys have a great weekend, a great Lord's Day, and Lord willing, we'll talk to you at 6 a.m. Eastern Time, Monday morning. See ya.